People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. I like Wes Isley. I like everything about him. All right. On today's episode, we have a guy that I've known for a long time. Uh, somehow he knew me before I knew him. I graduated high school a couple years before him. He got me a job working at a school for troubled kids where I taught magic. And he was like, hey, how are you? Great to see you. And he's known me forever. And I'm like, I know you, but I don't. I'm, whatever. Anyway, I got the job. Everything was great. Became better friends with him. Became really good friends with him at that gig there. Um, he's come over to our house. He's shot guns in the backyard, hung out in the magic room. We threw axes at the little wall outside. Uh, this dude, he does so many different things. He, um, he's an actor. He does murder mystery theaters. He does library shows, school shows. He has a party bus that he takes to different events. This dude's got so many different things. I don't think we can get it all done in an hour, but we're going to try. Everybody, it's Aaron Hale. What's up, dude? Hey, how's it going, man? And we got you right here. I'm looking at you right in the face, yes. man. This is weird. Definitely I'm not gonna, experience. For I'm you, not going to look at you. I'm going to look at my notes here. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't uh, whisper things back and forth about him. No, really, <laughs> can't pass notes. Nothing. Nope. I got you. Aaron said he listened to last week's podcast and he heard me scribbling notes. I'm like, I might have been just doodling. I don't know. No. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, so what's up, man? How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. As you just said, busy as ever. Um, luckily, I'm very thankful for that, uh, that I've been able to keep all my jobs running and going for me, but doing well and glad to be living. Did you pause at all during the pandemic or were you still hustling? Uh, there was a, about a two or three month pause there, um, but come, I think from March to June, uh, it was very slow, but in June, once um, we went into phase three, I was able to start operating the party bus again because it's just private bookings and so we could have uh, private groups of 10 or less. Um, so we were able to keep that going again, which is good. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the largest expenses too. So uh, I was glad that I was able to get that going. Um, we did lose a couple of our gigs um, because of it, but um, in the past several months, I've been making up for those at other places and it's been, it's been going pretty well. That's so awesome. we have listeners from 26 different countries. What's your radius that you do the party bus? And what is the party bus? Uh, okay, so I have the Seville party bus. Um, and that actually initially started um, branching off from my DJing business. Uh, I've been doing karaoke for 12 years, hosting that. And one of the guys that works for me said, Hey, Aaron, one day uh, we should get a karaoke party bus. I was like, yeah, man, that sounds like a great idea, but I don't think I can ever afford that, get that going. But what do you know? Some things in life happen for me. Um, and I was like, hey, let's look into this. Let's give it a shot. Um, made it happen. And in Charlottesville, um, there are several breweries and wineries around the area uh, that people from all over the world literally come and want to see. Um, and so most people want me to take them out to vineyards, breweries, cideries, uh, stuff like that. I get a lot of people that um, need transportation for bridal parties uh, from their wedding to the reception or to take photographs somewhere. Um, I've been asked to do um, school prom transportation, all, all that kind of stuff. But the main idea is just to uh, give people a fun way to have transportation in a safe way as well. Um, and it's, it's been great. Um, Radius is mostly central Virginia. Um, we, we do about a hundred mile radius all around from Charlottesville. We could go up to DC. Um, just got back from West Virginia this past weekend. Um, so I like to keep it within a hundred miles or so there. Wow. How many people can you fit on your bus? So now um, things have just opened back up to um, being able to have full capacity. It's just a 14-passenger bus, okay. um, but that way it keeps it personal. Yeah. Um, again, I'm an entertainer, uh, so I'm not just about um, trans transportation, but I'm also about making sure they have a good time. Um, so we have limousine-style seating. You know, it's not road seating. Uh, and I make sure that, you know, I build them up, we're playing, 
bumping some music in there. Uh, we've got, like I said, if they want the karaoke package, they can choose to have that or not. Um, so we're singing. I put different card games and board games on the bus. People want to play that. Um, so yeah, we, we just make sure they have a good time. Wow. That's a lot going on, dude. So how do you do board games and karaoke and this and that and drive? How many people, how many employees do you have driving it? Yeah, so, well, technically I've got four other employees um, that can drive the bus. Uh, usually, though, I've just got a couple that I, I primarily work with. Um, if somebody chooses a karaoke package or wants um, a host to help them play some more of the games and stuff like that, then I do have one other person that rides on the bus with us um, and I, while I drive or vice versa. I'll have somebody else drive while I host the karaoke and games and stuff like that. Wow. So the School for Troubled Kids, I'm going to go back. We're going to bounce back to the party bus. The School for Troubled Kids, that's the way I describe it. I don't want to tell everybody what school it was or whatever. Mm -hmm. But man, I don't know if I told you all the stories. So mm -hmm. there's a place called, um, boy, Natalie will know the name. We do a Valentine's Day show for them every year. And it is, you know when they say kids are in cages in Mexico and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. They're not. They're at a camp. Because mm -hmm. mom and dad are both in jail and they go to this camp until they figure out where the kids go. Mm -hmm. And we do a show for these people every year. Child Help is mm -hmm. the name of the place. Okay. So many students of mine I saw that's troubled kids. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad are in jail later on down the road. That's mm -hmm. why they're troubled kids. I mean, there's stuff going on at home. Right. I don't know if I ever told you that or not. But no. man, some of these kids, there's some stuff going on. Some, they have really bad lives. Um, right. But teaching them magic and getting some of them to come out of their shells, it was... Mm -hmm. It was awesome. I really enjoyed that. I would say some of my greatest moments, so I don't know if we've established it yet or not. I am a teacher, um, and I think some of my greatest moments have come from working from that school, bringing entertainment to the classroom. Even though I taught English and geography, I would also bring theater into the classroom. And a lot of these kids didn't have households that would take them to a theater. They may have been to a movie theater, but they've never seen a play, never had seen magic, you know, in a live performance, um, you know, and then even separate from that, talking about transportation of like the party bus, I had kids never been to the beach before, never been out of state, maybe never even been out of town before. And so providing them this sort of entertainment, something away from video games, something away from internet uh, and letting them see some culture uh, it was a great experience and I've had several students improve um, their academics uh, especially with like public speaking their writing would improve just their interest in school overall improves by using entertainment um, that it really catches their interest and shows them things that they never get to see well for me it was also it also helped out when the teacher was into it like when you were in my class it was awesome, mm -hmm. but I had some teachers that just weren't, didn't want to be there or right. didn't want to partake or help the kids. Mm -hmm. That one teacher, I don't know if I ever told you about her, she would coddle the kids so much and mm -hmm. hug them and hold them and like feed them goldfish crackers yeah. during the class. And it's like, you're more distracting than kids are, lady. Right. What are you doing? Right. But that, that unfortunately happens as well. But like you said, when you have a good combination of uh, a teacher who's in there who's also interested in the subject themselves the kids look up to adults they feed and, off and of them. they watch what they do and if they're into it then the kid will get into it as well one of the worst things they do at like uh, I say daycare centers but some of these daycare centers have kids up to 15 years old during the summer especially Richmond Northern Virginia mm -hmm. because both mom and dad are working they have to go somewhere right. and they'll book us for two shows they'll want us to do a show for the two to five year olds mm -hmm. and a show for the older kids mm -hmm. and it's like no book one show Put them all together because the little kids look up to them. Right. They know when to clap now. Now they know when to mm – -hmm. now you gasp at that part. Oh, I get it. That is a bunny. Or they start mumbling back and forth. The mm -hmm. older kids will shush them. Right. Don't separate them like that. That's, yeah. They we, need something to look up to. I've noticed that um, doing children's shows in libraries and, and schools and classrooms and everything is – uh, sometimes we've been to libraries before that had a morning show that was for the younger kids and then an afternoon show for the older kids. And it works both ways. The older kids will think they're too cool for it. 
the younger kids will have no clue what's going on. But when we do shows where they're mixed together, the older kids enjoy watching the younger kids having fun and the younger kids um, will be able to understand, like you just said, when to laugh, when to clap, how to respond appropriately. Um, they're more likely to behave because they see, oh, these kids are bigger and they're sitting still, so I better sit still right. too. Um, so again, it brings it back to uh, entertainment of any sort, like what we do um, is really a great uh, learning tool to use for kids. And you got those teachers that just clock out. Once your show starts, they just sit in the back and start talking. Mm-hmm. And then the kids in the back can't hear, so then they start talking. And it, it, it's all the teachers. So fault. what I like to do when I do improv or when I do like murder mystery, when I do murder mystery, there's a lot of improv involved with that. So it allows me to pick on those people. Uh, and, and most of the time they appreciate it and it makes them realize, oh, I'm not paying attention. I'm not using appropriate social skills even though I'm an adult. Um, and so that's a lot of fun to get to play with, with them as well. Uh, go out in the audience, pick on them, and then the, the audience can laugh at them as well. Most people handle that okay. Every now and then somebody might get offended by it. Or I'm very I'm but, very into picking on people. Right. I do that a lot. But I did a show yeah. in Northern Virginia and the lady was on her phone. And I'm like, lady, there's a show going on. Put your phone away. And then the principal came over and just started scolding her. And I'm like, oh, no, I was just joking. I mean, yeah, she was on her phone. Yeah, I was calling her out. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mean to get the woman fired. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think she got fired, but she got a talking to. Yeah. Right. yeah. She's supposed to be watching the kids. Well, and if and that's the thing. If you have, you know, even with an adult, sometimes adults need to see other adults and how they, yeah. they react. And I think that's why I had a lot of success in the classroom in the school because not only was I getting kids to participate, I was getting teachers. Maybe the teachers used to be great teachers, but they've been doing it for 20 years and they're just burnt out because especially working with uh, kids with emotional disability or something, they, uh, it's tiring. They deal with a lot. Um, But when they see somebody coming in with a fresh attitude and uh, really, having fun with it helps them remember, oh, maybe I should be a little lighthearted, more lighthearted with it, and maybe I should get back into it. And um, so, yeah, I, I've enjoyed working uh, with all ages in that aspect. So I would, just, I would just show up, do my show, and get out. You know, go into the office, sign in, go to the classroom, do the gig, and get out. Going back, I'm gonna get back to that point in a second, but going back to calling that lady out, I think I made a joke like, uh, Oh, look, that lady is enjoying the show. Guys, it looks like she's playing on her phone, but she's actually tweeting everybody, all of her friends and family, that famous magician, she's enjoying the show so much. I tried to make a joke like that instead of just calling her out, but she got in trouble. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) But as far as the teacher aspect, things you don't realize as a student and your teacher is going through things. Yeah, there's personal stuff at home. Broke up with a girlfriend, broke up with a boyfriend, whatever. Husband trouble, home trouble, whatever. But there's also a whole political thing about you're in your classroom all day. You think the teacher shows up to work, does her thing, and goes. There's principal issues. There's the teacher next door is a jerk issue. There's mm-hmm. there's all this. Your your teacher's assistant's sick. So now you got this lady that keeps stuffing goldfish down the kids' throat, <laughs> distracting. <laughs> all this stuff is a burden on you. You can't yeah. do your job because now you have to play a political thing as well. Right. I learned a lot. I was like, whoa, I didn't yeah. realize. Well, and that, that's the thing. You know, we hear about it a lot recently and some people just put it to the side and they're like, oh, people are just complaining. But realistically, um, to be a good teacher, you have to be a good performer um, because we deal with a lot. We deal with students that have all different kinds of issues that have speak different languages now you know is a big one in the classroom with different abilities Um, and then you have state regulations federal regulations different laws to follow you have a principal who says one thing and an assistant principal who might say a different thing and then you've got parents who most of the time um, end up supporting uh, a kid that may their their kid that may tell them one thing when the truth is really something different, but they don't want to hear it from their the teacher. They're gonna believe their young child instead. Uh, when when I was in school, I know it was usually the opposite way where 
parent was going to listen to the what the teacher had to say. Um, so it is a, it's a lot that we have to deal with because um, you don't know what's going on in their lives. But then also we have to take whatever is happening in our personal lives and throw it at the door. We have to come in there and act, be that performer like everything is great because we don't know what's going on in those kids' lives. And so we have to try to make their lives as best as we can. Well, and also when I was doing my gig there, I didn't get a heads up. I, I don't know anything about any of those students. So mm -hmm. when I saw the kids at Child Help, I'm like, oh, now it makes sense, you yeah. know, stuff like that. But we had a student one time that, you know, never spoke a word. Mm -hmm. And just to get that kid to smile was a big, you know, right. a big landmark. I was like, whoa, I made him smile today. One of my favorite stories uh, that makes me tear up, usually even just thinking about it, and I haven't thought about this in a while, so I'm about to tear up now, <laughs> was we had Paper this... towels right there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> just in case I spill my drink <laughs> again. Um, so we did uh, have this student that transferred to our school because usually what would happen is one of the schools in our surrounding area um, that didn't have the support that some students needed, they would send them to our school. And we were warned about this one kid that um, he was very brilliant, but if something frustrates him, completely shut down and would scream and scream and scream. And this, is, this was like a 15, 16 year old um, kid. And when we got him, sure enough, at first, that's what happened. Um, and we would have separate behavioral specialists that were trying all kinds of, of tricks with this student. And some of them definitely helped over time. But um, sometimes he would go, we have this quiet section, and he would go into the quiet section and just scream so loud. I was in the high school, but people all the way down in the elementary wing of the building could hear him screaming. They would come running up to make sure everything was okay. Wow. And um, I somehow... I wish, I, I don't know if I'm as good as a teacher as I used to be, but um, somehow I got him really interested in theater. Um, and we read, I remember specifically, we read the story, the play version um, of Man of La Mancha about Don Quixote. And he just really connected with this story. Well, we, luckily at that time, I was actually just a teacher's assistant and I worked with um, another teacher who let me kind of do whatever I wanted to do with the students and with theater. And we spent a long time working on this show. And by the time we were done, probably after about a semester, this kid went from screaming his head off um, and not wanting to be around anybody in this quiet room to we had him performing down in our, our gym was our common space. And we had a set in the gym and he, uh, did we did four scenes from the show and he did two of the scenes as the main character performing we pre we have you know we don't have a lot of people coming to these shows there were other teachers in the school some of the younger kids would come see it and maybe a couple of parents and this kid who was screaming his head off in the quiet room performed as Don Quixote in front of this uh, to him huge audience of 40 50 people and that is probably one of my most proud moments as a teacher um, and after that moment we never really had uh, um, him doing that again he he kind of learned that there are other strategies that he could could use and one of those strategies was um, performing um, and you know I don't think he's out there now I haven't heard from him in a while but I don't think he's out there performing plays or anything now but um, I think he's been able to manage life and um, be a successful person, um, a big piece because of, because of theater. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So I got that, I got that job there, got to know you really well. I think I was working there three years before somebody said, or you said, I'm the, that. I'm the one that got you the job here. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> wow. Thanks. Yeah. Um, no, but I had a lot of fun there. I was, that was, it touched a lot of people and, you know, I did the spy magic class. I did magic class. I, I had a lot of fun there. Right. But tell me about your other acting stuff. So I know you've done TV and movies. Mm -hmm. So from high school, did you study acting anywhere? Yeah. Or? So, so I, I can just kind of give you the full spectrum. Yeah. Here. I, I started uh, knowing that I wanted to be in entertainment 
pretty much since kindergarten. Um, our school used to do a yearly annual talent show and I wanted to be in it and um, my friend and I sang I've been working on the railroad and mm -hmm. we won first place and got my first ever trophy I think I, I still that was kindergarten today. that was kindergarten wow and Aww, that's cute. um I, I just knew at that point in time I wanted to do it as the years went on you know I, I slowly I still have a hard time admitting this but I slowly learned that singing is not necessarily my thing. Um, but you had a trophy. But I got a trophy when I was <laughs> six years old. Um, I even, in high school, I got really into doing um, theater. And, you know, in high school, you usually have a spring musical. And uh, I lucked out. I, I also used to play sports. I played a lot of soccer. I made the soccer team twice. But both times that I made it, I also got a lead role in our, our spring musicals. And so that was kind of a big deal to me. I used to be a lot more shy than I am now. A lot of people would just would not believe it that I'm a shy person because um, I just I do enjoy talking to people. But initially, I'm a shy person. Theater helped break me out of that. Um, my brother had done some theater, and, and so um, I kind of wanted to follow what he was doing there. Anyway, in high school... I was in a musical and at the end of the, after the musical, we had our cast party. And I'll always remember, I had a director who said at the cast party, I wish we had a thousand more errands, but I also wish we had a thousand more errands that could sing. Oh, <laughs> and, no. and I was like, ouch, but at the same time, that it helped me realize, realize um, okay, maybe <laughs> I do need to evaluate myself. So after that, though, he also taught me, he was like, Aaron, you're a really good actor, so why don't you act like you can sing? And this, something about that just struck me like, whoa, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And so for a lot of plays, I, I did several musicals after high school and community theater especially, um, where that's what I would do. So I became a, a character actor um, and used that as how I could get a, a good role in a musical. Um, after high school, though, I originally thought I wanted to be a film director. Um, so you weren't you weren't lip singing. I'm I'm getting back to that though. You weren't lip singing. No, no. You acting like you could sing. Acting you, like I can sing. Right. That, that helped you be able to sing. Exactly. Wow. So, for instance, though, that also helped me find what kind of roles I'm I typically am good at. Um, for me, I've always been like the stereotypical uh, nerd boy next door kind of hopeless romantic and with that I can kind of use my voice to manipulate how I think that character would actually sound um, in in whatever the production may be so I, I was talking a little bit ago about how I had that student in Man of La Mancha well I was able to teach that so passionately because um, uh, that was my favorite role that I've ever had was I played Sancho Panza in um, Man of La Mancha, which was my first big community theater role I had ever gotten. Um, and again, you know, the, my musical director knew that I wasn't a, a, like a strong singer, but knew I had some sort of talent there and knew how to help me t tap into that and um, sing it as kind of more of um, just a comedy, a comedy song kind of. So I've really, I've really used that in all the shows that I do. I have had more serious shows. I know Natalie's a big fan of Wizard of Oz. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so I uh, have played the Tin Man before, and I would oh, I cool. think that was at the peak of my singing ability because I had been doing musicals over and over and over again. I was mm -hmm. working with a lot of musical directors, and they helped me get to a point where I could carry a tune pretty decently. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I think that's the last musical I've done, and that was back in 2012 or 2013. Um, but yeah, I went I went on a break from theater for a couple of years because I wanted to go into film. Um, and then I got a job at TV stations in Charlottesville. So I kind of changed my school path. While I was at the TV stations, I was like, man... I don't really know if I like the news <laughs> and that and this was years ago I, f I feel like the media has not necessarily gotten any better <laughs> recently in fact I think it's gotten worse um, but 
And uh, that's not political. That's not that's either not, side. That's all sides. That's all yeah. sides. I, I, and, and honestly, so we haven't said what kind of teacher I am now. I used to be a special education teacher, but I teach media studies now. So I feel like I, I'm free to say I don't like the media because I teach, I teach it. And uh, I try to teach these, these kids um, a more positive way of expressing themselves. But anyway, back to the theater side. Um, I, while I was working at the TV stations, I realized how much I really missed theater. So, you know, at that time I just went back to community college and I got an associate's degree in theater, um, did a lot of college shows and that helped kind of rebuild my confidence and helped me see what I enjoy doing. Um, from there, I ended up going and auditioning at Cedar Fair Kings Dominion in Richmond, uh, one of our big amusement parks here in Virginia. And I did not get cast. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, maybe, you know, this whole theater thing is, is just a fantasy hope pursuing that kind of dream. Um, so I, I kind of wobbled. I went, we were just talking, I went through several different jobs, uh, odd jobs here and there. <clears throat> and then next year auditions came back around. Um, and I was like, you know what? Let me try one more time. And if I don't get it this time, then I know that I probably should be looking in a different direction. And I went to the audition. It was at James Madison University. And there were five times as many people that were there um, from last year. And I got really worried because then I'm also seeing these people are dancing. These people are singing. And as we know now, I wasn't the best singer. So that's getting in my head a little bit. And I was like, these are all And from your looks, you don't look like a dancer either. I am. So if I'm not a singer, I'm definitely not a dancer. Back when I said I did the Tin Man as the Wizard of Oz, it's a good thing they made me the Tin Man because then I could be a little rusty. stiff, yeah. But I yeah, I love to dance. I absolutely love to dance. Um, but if it has to be like a specific type of dance, I'm not uh, that great at it. Um, <laughs> but singing, you know, I had improved. Like I said, I had improved on my singing at that point in time. Uh, so I did my audition and immediately they said, hey, can you go step into the side room over there right after my audition? And I was like, well, that's interesting. They haven't asked anybody else to go into that side room. What are they going to do to me? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they immediately started fitting me for a costume right there. Wow. And they were like, this isn't anything guaranteed, but we just want to go ahead and get your sizes. I was like, okay, this is a good sign. Yeah. At the time, I was actually working at a garden center as an assistant manager. Wow. <laughs> You've had like and, 900 oh, jobs. I, I have. And the funny <laughs> thing is, I know nothing about gardening. Uh, but I was an assistant manager for one month. Luckily, it only lasted one month because after that audition, I was, I remember I was like cleaning off shelves or something and I got a phone call. I wasn't supposed to be on the phone. I was like, where can I go sneak off? Because I reckon this is a Richmond phone number. I'm up here in Greene County, Virginia. <laughs> well, I know who this is going to be. And I sneak off, I take the call and they were like, yeah, we'd like you to come in um, for a second audition. And I got so excited. I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is awesome. I got to get out of here. So, um, you know, I had a day and I went down really embarrassing because I was on time for the audition, got to King's Dominion and could not find where it was supposed to be at. And I was at this point, I'm driving all around, driving all around. And I'm like, okay, I got to try to find service so I can find a phone number to call, found a phone number and went to voicemail. And I was freaking out. I was like, no, this is my chance. This is my chance. And finally, I went down a road that said not to go down. Turns out that was the road that I was uh -huh. supposed to go down. And uh, found my way there. And the, um, the um, production assistants that were holding the audition uh, were just about to leave when I got there. And um, so I went and... Uh, they said, oh, we were just about to leave. Uh, we had one other person come, so let's see what you got. And so I just gave it my all right there. And they were all smiling, thanked me for coming. And I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. I don't think I'm gonna get it. I was so late. And the very next day, they gave me a phone call and they said, we wanna offer you the lead role. 
Um, and it was for their children's show. Not for a musical, um, but it was for there their children's show. And to this day, that was back in summer of 2009. To this day, it was still my favorite job I've ever had performing all summer. And then that Halloween, I was the head monster. Um, and just the people I got to work with, I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, and had such a successful time there. They ended up having me do a lot of voiceover stuff. Um, they loved me so much to, you know, put the announcements across the whole park and everything. And, um, it was, it was a really special, special time for me. So that's when I continued doing theater. The season ended. I wanted to go back to work there, but the season ended. So I needed a job. That's kind of quickly how I fell into education. Um, and you know, I could go on and on about how that happened from there. But from there, I continued to do theater. I continued to do um, community theater, started doing murder mystery shows, uh, started doing library performances with a children's theater company. And yeah, it's just, and then I started my own company back in 2012, Teleplay Entertainment, that I originally started as a theater company. Um, but DJing and emceeing events and stuff kind of just took off a little more than the theater aspect. Um, but, uh, yeah, you asked me about television and film. Um, I, I started with that with the movie Evan Almighty, um, back in 2006, I think is when that came out. Crozet. It was filmed in Crozet because the director of Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty is Tom Shadiak, who's from Crozet, apparently, and that's why they wanted to film there. And I got to see the big giant arc that they built, Noah's Ark, um, or in this case, Evan's Ark, <laughs> uh, out there. Um, and that was really cool to be background on the set for that. You were in the courtroom scene? Is that what it was? No, I was asked to be in, in that scene. This one, I was uh, just outside while they were building, while Steve Carell's there working on the Ark with all these animals coming in. So it was really cool to see him in the Noah kind of costume and giraffes and monkeys all coming in with hammers and everything. Uh, it was a really cool day to be on set. And then uh, Steve Carell was, seems just as friendly as you, you would think he is because uh, while the cameras were off, he was dancing around with Lauren Graham and just having a good old time. So that was encouraging too, to see, okay. Can we see you I in it? do this. In that one, you can't see me in. Um, I didn't. <laughs> I think the camera was like just above my head. Oh. Wow. Um, other things you can see me in. So it, it took several years before I really found out how to get more involved in film, especially in Virginia. You don't think of film and Virginia as kind of the same. You don't put those two things together. Um, but in the past, I would say five, six years, uh, film industry really has come to Virginia and especially around the Richmond, Petersburg area. Um, I did a play in Charlottesville with some people who had done some background work and um, they told me about a site to go to to sign up to get on this mailing list. And uh, I was like, okay, is that really that easy? And I signed up on this mailing list and I started getting casting calls for all kinds of stuff. And now at this point I have like they're not necessarily my agents, but three different agencies that contact me um, regularly with work. Um, some things like you could see me in turn, Washington Spies, that was on AMC for several seasons, uh, was filmed here and I was in three episodes of that. You can see me in a couple of episodes, but you would need me probably to point you, <laughs> point you out, point me out there. Um, the, the, uh, a couple of other good shows, um, I'm blanking on some of the names now because I ended up doing um, so much. Um, Do you have IMDb? Are you uh, I had started to make one for myself. I never kind of followed through with it, uh, but you can, um, you know, you can contact me and I can tell you where to find me. Well, there you go. Um, I'm blanking on the big one that was uh, filmed with Mandy Patinkin, um, uh, which it was in Homeland. There it is. Homeland, um, and before I knew, before um, I realized who he was, he was the guy from uh, Princess Bride, uh, and 
I was on set with him all day, and then finally somebody told me who he was. I was like, that guy's been walking by me all day? That's amazing. <laughs> um, and so that, that was, I was in a couple episodes of that, and you can see me in, in there. Um, I've done, my biggest one, though, is with uh, the children's show that I do. I, I do multiple children's shows, but they're kind of a series with my friend uh, Chris Markham, who's a director, and he owns Impressions Theater. Um, he uh, got me in to do theater with him and uh, liked me so much that he kept me on to be his co-actor with all the shows and we've been performing together for 12 years now. Uh, we decided to turn one of our shows into a movie and we actually spent a year filming and editing um, and turning one of the uh, theatrical shows into a movie, um, Clues Energy Adventure. So that, that was a lot of fun to put that together. And anytime we go to libraries, we make sure every library that we've been to has a copy of, of that. And um, so you can, you can check that out as well. Uh, so I've done lots of television. The movie Loving um, that came out was a, a big um, contender with the awards season. Um, Golden Globes, they were nominated. Academy Award, the lead actress in the movie was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, and uh, I got to be like a construction worker in the background for that. And um, so I, I, got, I really got into that and I thought that's kind of, I was finally making um, my way of uh, building everything up in the entertainment business and thought that's where I was gonna go with everything. And I, um, same time, I decided to get the party bus. So I was like, okay, I'm going to DJ. I've got the party bus. I'm going to do all this acting. And then all of a sudden, one year, the party bus was delayed in getting to me. And the entertain, um, the film industry in Virginia had been booming. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of left Virginia um, right in the year that I decided to stop teaching and just pursue that. So I ended up doing some traveling. And I was like, okay, I can't, I can't keep doing this. And I ended up going back to teaching. And like I said before, instead of doing special education, I'm doing media studies now, which is at least related to what I enjoy doing. And um, uh, then the film industry has come back to Virginia again now. And I've been asked multiple times to be in a couple of shows, um, but with COVID, it's a lot harder. You have to spend a lot more time, you know, preparing for that and doing COVID tests and, and everything. Um, <clears throat> so it's been hard getting some film work in the past uh, two years or so. Um, but now that's on comeback too. Well, the other crazy thing about you and all your jobs, we work uh, Shandell Crossing Resort, Massanutten Resort. There's a murder mystery show here. They have a murder mystery here on Thursday nights or whatever. And I'm like, okay, okay. Didn't realize that was you yeah. all these years. And then uh, library shows. You see your posters on the walls at right. libraries we go to. And then um, I get a job. I was working at Nutton Resort. And the guy came up to me and said, have you ever done restaurants? I said, yeah, that's how I got started in magic. I could advertise at every single table, give them a card, and do close-up magic at restaurants. Well, cool. Would you like to do ours? Well, if you let me have days off when I have a real show and you're okay to pay this amount, I'll do it. I'd show up at Wild Wing Cafe and there you are DJing and doing trivia nights and all right. kinds of other stuff. You just, you're a go-getter. And I have no idea where your escape room is, but I know you, <laughs> your partner with somebody in yeah. the escape room. All right. Dude, you're so busy. So many things going on. So, yeah. So, um, I, I always did think it was funny, I guess... That's kind of a little bit of where the shy part of me, I guess, comes in is because this whole time, like I knew you before you knew you knew me. I knew we had gone to the same school um, and, and it would just be funny that I would get to a library and look at the advertisement poster and I would see your name. Just you were had been there just a couple of days before before uh, I was there and that just kept happening and then at Master Nutton like you just said the same thing kept happening <laughs> is oh Wes Isley was here for magic and I was like oh now I'm up here doing a murder mystery but it was weird that it really took uh, a while we were in the same places but it wasn't until like you said Wild Wings that uh, we finally happened to be there on the same night a couple of times and um, 
And that was a, a really good time working there. Uh, and then on top of that, I am uh, a financial backer for Immersion Escape Rooms. So my brother and uh, like his good college buddy uh, owned that in Charlottesville. And they, um, they've always been great at uh, games, um, programming, computer stuff. Uh, Mark, who's my brother's friend, um, actually uh, spent some time in Hollywood, LA, working on movies. Um, my brother lived out there for a little while as well, just kind of getting a feel for it. And what they've come up with is, uh, it's called immersion escape rooms because it really makes you feel immersive. Just like I imagine when you're doing magic, you want the audience to feel immersed in what you're doing. When I'm doing murder mystery, as we were talking about how we like to pick on people who may not be paying as much attention or something during the show, I like to include them in the show. And that's the kind of feeling that they wanted to create in the escape room. And that's why I wanted to be a, a part of that. I love storytelling, as you can tell, as I talk for, you know, five minutes straight or, or something, but I, I'm, a, I'm a storyteller and I love the idea of games and they're both, my brother Jeremy and our friend Mark are both just very smart individuals. So their escape rooms are built to actually make you feel like you've just walked on to like a movie set. Um, everything is, is pretty much handmade or thought out. Uh, by themselves. They're not ordering parts. A lot of the escape rooms, especially in this area, but a lot of escape rooms just buy pre-made puzzles and all of this. And um, these guys, I guess, in a way, it's kind of like magic because I don't know how they come up with it. Um, uh, I'm not that great at solving some of the puzzles myself, but I enjoy trying to figure it out. Um, and they've really uh, done a great job with, uh, with putting these together. And each room um, has a different theme, like most escape rooms, but they've created that it has one storyline. So um, you can go into one room and it would be like where the story starts. And then each room is a different part of the story. So you can check them out, um, Immersion Escape Rooms, to uh, find out more about that story. Is that ImmersionEscaperooms.com? Yep, ImmersionEscaperooms.com. So my question is, my little girl is watching escape room stuff with little teeny bopper kids on YouTube, and she's mm. really into it. And I'm like, I love puzzles, yeah. but I do not like getting stuck. I don't yeah. want to be stuck in a room. That doesn't right. sound like fun to me. I have the door open behind me, that'd be great, whatever, and I don't like losing. I'm very competitive. <laughs> yeah. Do they yes. have a beginner level of escape room for my little girl to play? Well, I don't, are they all... she might be better than you. Yeah, she might be. And, and I, say, I say that jokingly, but seriously, at the same time, sometimes kids' imaginations actually allow them to think of things in different ways that as adults, we've just become accustomed to thinking, oh, no, well, that can't be. That's right. not a possibility. Same thing with magic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, kids, will, kids will say, dude, you just put it in your left hand. And an adult said... He wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, he's a real magician. He wouldn't have just did that. Yeah. No, he did, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kids can. Kids are good at figuring things out. Yeah, so, you know, some of the rooms are easier than other rooms. Um, the great thing about immersion escape rooms is their hint system. That's, you know, in the escape room world, that's what they would call it, is a hint system. But again, all the other escape rooms I've been to before... They say, okay, just look at the camera and ask us if you need a hint. Or here's a walkie-talkie, just ask us if you need a hint. You get three hints or something like that. For us, there's no limit, and it's not, we really try to immerse you again. So you get a tablet, and you're actually interacting with an, a character. And um, if you need help with something at any time, there's no limit to it or anything, you can ask the person that you're talking to on the tablet, what uh, what to do and you know they're going to make it as part of the storyline to keep you immersed not just saying okay just turn the dial left or something like that um, so they're uh, really really good with hints um, we, they've had all ages how old how old is Lana now? She's nine, nine. almost, almost yeah, ten I think that's probably um, when an uh, age that we have had um, some kids start to come in around that Dude, that's age. doable. I mean, um, my thing was, I like to win. I don't care if I cheat a little bit. Yeah. Just as long as I win. Yeah. Right. I don't want it to say game over, man, you're a loser. 
that doesn't sound and, like, and, and I no. pay 20 bucks a person to do that. That exactly. doesn't sound like fun. And so exactly. So if you're that kind of person that doesn't mind as, cause I've gone it cause I'm, I'm kind of a little different. I like to go into a room and say, I don't want any hints. I want to figure this out on our own. But when they make it part of the storyline, that makes it a little more comfortable in, in be, being willing to ask for help because, oh, I'm getting a little extra aspect to the story that other people might not get. Like every time you go in, it could be different. Um, and you said stuck in there. Just to let you know, they're not legally allowed to lock the doors. No, no. So <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can get out. Um, and there's a bathroom close by, too. There you go. Um, but yes, so uh, the cool thing, what we the obviously people weren't able to go in there when everything was first went quarantine. And so uh, we started this Kickstarter just to see what would happen where they came up with this game idea to be able to send home. And we didn't know how many people would actually be interested in it. Um, so they figured out, of course, what the bare minimum they would need to get off of Kickstarter uh, to make it worth putting some of these games together. I think their goal was to um, get enough money uh, and 60 supporters have 60 fan supporters on there. Uh, they ended up with 500. Oh, and nice. They originally only wanted to keep it in the country because shipping costs outside of the country is ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, for especially for a package, you know, with all these cool trinkets and stuff in it. And they ended up getting so many requests from people all over the world. And, and they said, oh, well, we're not shipping across the world. And they said, well, we'll pay the shipping costs. We want it. Um, and so it's just like a at-home board game? Or is so there a video that goes again, with it? Or? You know, so these guys, again, they don't want just something average normal. Because you see some of these escape room board games at you know, department stores or whatever. And you see... Um, other ones I've seen like on Facebook advertised or something um, where they're just taking these papers and they've made the papers look lengthy and old or whatever. But no, this is much more immersive than that. The game is called The Messenger. Um, it is, uh, they provided you with, um, I don't want to give away anything, but there's all kinds of items in there. And then there's also the online aspect of it. And a lot of people think, oh, well, it's an escape room, so I have an hour to do this. No, this is something that's actually a story again, where it, it's going to take you a while to solve it. Um, I think people have had it. So the Kickstarter started back in, like in June. Um, we just were able to finalize it, get it out in into January or something, and um, people are just now really starting to solve it. Um, that's how intense it is. Uh, but they've also now started putting out a hint system. There wasn't originally a hint system for that. But yeah, you can use um, the internet if you want, but they also have other things you can do offline. Um, and there just happens to be some film aspects of it with a character that you follow around that somebody that you may know might be in. <laughs> nice. Um, taking nice. on one of those character roles. Thing. So, And you're, you're part owner in that as well. Mm-hmm. That part. Awesome, dude. Yep. That's yep. great. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, yeah. Where can uh, people see the video, the Kickstarter video on that? Or So I would just go to their website. Again, impression. Not impressions. Um, I would go to immersionescaperooms.com and uh, you can find out some more information on that there. Uh, you can also check out all any of their social media. Um and that's where you can find some good information on that. I know they're already in the works of wanting to do another one. I'm still just like, well, let's recuperate a little bit. Let's take a breath because, you know, it's just, it's a small business. Again, we're not paying all these other people to create this. We're keeping it really tight knit. You know, my brother and our friend Mark are the only two that actually know all of the details um, anybody else that gets involved with it, even myself, I don't know the answers. I don't know the solutions. I only know the parts of the story that, that maybe I was a part of the film for. And sometimes they'll run ideas by me. Um, so, and then, you know, my, my dad helped make, um, for people who are higher level supporters, my dad um, spent a lot of time actually handcrafting the boxes that you, the wooden boxes that you get the different pieces of the game that you need. Um, so it's, it's a pretty cool, a pretty cool concept and was a huge success. And, um, of course we're hoping to keep growing from there and, and, uh, keep checking that out. Yeah. 
tag on, man. You need a you need a mall of your own just to have a <laughs> store for each party business place, and you can book the school shows and library shows and the murder mystery thing, and then you got your your manager's office where he can send you to acting gigs. Right. Then you got the <laughs> the projects we're talking about in the next building. And, right. Well, that's and then the escape room. You got so and DJing and, and trivia nights. Holy guacamole! I've, I've always thought you know uh, malls are shutting down all yes. over the place. And they have been for years, but now, you know, it's hitting a little closer to home because I feel like malls around us have been surviving better than some malls, but now they're falling um, down too. While the interiors are still very nice and very well decorated and everything, I've often thought, how fun would it be to turn these into entertainment places? There aren't many um, places, especially for uh, teenagers or even kids, to to go to and parents are always looking for entertainment but for some reason it, it just doesn't last and so that's when kids end up being like okay i'm gonna sit at home with my face in front of a screen and do something virtual into an alternate reality instead of hey let's be in this reality let's enjoy each other um, and i think we could take a place like a mall or an old department store that is shut down and one side of it could be uh, a music venue. One side could be a theater. Uh, I've even had the the idea of you know putting like uh, making a section of it like an old J C Penney's be the go kart place right, or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or roller skating. Exactly. I mean, what I, I see it all the time because kids nowadays on a Friday night, they're all parking at the end of the parking lot at Walmart and hanging out and listening right. to music and back to the truck. They have nowhere to go, nothing to nothing. do. And that's when trouble starts to yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we provide a place for these, uh, not just the students, but even adults, if we provide a place for the, them to go to, then they're going to have uh, less trouble in their neighborhoods. If you build uh, it. If you build it, they will come. So that's kind of, exactly, that's kind of been my theory of, you know, I said I originally started Teleplay Entertainment as a theater company, but what do you know, DJing took off, doing karaoke doing weddings, then doing trivia. Um, and then one of my employees came up with the idea for the party bus. I didn't think that would happen. I built it. I looked in, I know nothing about that, you know, but I dove into it, looked into it, and was like, okay, let's make this happen. Um, and then the escape rooms. Again, I'm just a piece, a very small piece of, of that. I don't want to try to take credit of that being mine or anything, but I am a piece of that and I'm proud to be because again it's providing entertainment and i think entertainment can be used um not just to entertain and fill time but a way for us to bond socially a way for us to learn about each other um and yeah so the more we more we build um the better community i think we can be so we got like eight minutes left man mm -hmm. what, what's what's next <laughs> How many more jobs have you got in the works that you're thinking about? Well, it's funny that you say that because... With... I was joking. You can... no. <laughs> oh my no, gosh. No, no, With the... Um, after the virus struck, I really have been taking the, the time off to be thinking about what direction do I want to go in. And I had thought about slowing down. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm teaching now. I've got a good teaching job. Let me just really give that a good hearty chance there. And um, I was going to slow down my DJing stuff, my emceeing, my acting, all of that. Um, and then, uh, especially after, you know, our place that where we finally kind of really were connecting there, Wild Wing Cafe, they shut down due to the virus. And that was, that was my main hangout spot there. They really supported me in anything that I wanted to do. They, they were helping me accomplish those goals. Well, um, now I've had a couple of other restaurants and places in the area um, say, hey, we've heard about you before and we want you to be our entertainment here. And I'm like, I really take it into consideration. I'm like, I don't know. I was thinking about slowing down. I was like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. And started with trivia. Um, if you want to come out to the Shabine in downtown Charlottesville, you can find me on uh, Thursday nights there. 
doing some trivia and that really built into a lot of success so much so that they had someone else doing karaoke and they didn't like them i don't want to put anybody down but they ended up getting rid of that person and said aaron we really like you we want you to take that over i'm like oh man you know i was thinking about stopping but you're calling for me then i have a hard time saying saying no to that because i really enjoy it so we're going to be starting karaoke up uh, actually tomorrow um which will be uh wednesday nights and then i've had another place contact me and say hey we hear that you're having a lot of success over there we want to see if you can do the same thing for us um so i'm going to be starting that um next week doing some more trivia there uh and now this has just got me thinking again okay it, things are opening back up people are looking for entertainment they want to go out mm -hmm. like i said the party bus hasn't slowed down and i didn't want to stop the party bus business anyway that's been really building up but now um you know i really kind of want to go back to my roots of what some of my original goals were was opening my own place uh where I can provide weekly entertainment. People have a place that they can come out, whether they're traveling from all over the world or they're locals, and come come out and um, enjoy, have a place that they know that there's going to be entertainment there um, regularly. Because uh, I find that's kind of hard to find around here sometimes. Um, so who knows? Uh, who knows what's really gonna happen, but I want to continue uh, performing and entertaining i enjoy making people laugh and um i just want to keep i just want to keep doing that well if you want to make them laugh just sing and dance that's all you have to that's do true. Oh, that's <laughs> true that is true that can, so i again um i've really cut back on my weddings doing weddings um it was just a lot of, a lot of work goes into that and i i've started to realize i kind of i've really enjoyed doing the party bus I get a bunch of people from all over, I've had people from all over the country um, coming on that bus, telling me stories, and it's so fun just showing them around my town and um, hearing their stories from all over the world and just hearing them laugh. And then when they get to the point of maybe not being as fun, you know, they book me for five hours. So I'm like, okay, I'll go on and let's, uh, let's part on good terms there. Um, but yes, yeah, so well, people might be listening to this ten years from now. So mm -hmm. is teleplay.com the place to find out your schedule, where you're going to be, what restaurants? Yes, Does, is that where they can book the party bus as well? Teleplay.com. Yep, you can go on there. There's also SeavillePartyBus.com, which is also con they're connected to the same site, just kind of depending on which tab or what you're looking for there. Um, and you can fill out the. Uh, message and of course we have a, a place where you can fill out any messages you can uh, fill out the information and book the party bus now i like to keep things personal as much as possible so if you go on there if you log into there and you fill out a message you're going to get a response from me um, not some computer animated uh, automated system or anything like that uh, it's going to be me coming up with the best deal for you um, and coming up helping you with your itineraries, uh, personally helping you with what's going to be best for your business, with your party, with your group. Um, and yeah, you can also uh, email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N dot teleplay at gmail.com. And there's email for you directly. And there's Facebook, Teleplay Entertainment, Seville Party Bus, Instagram, Teleplay Entertainment, Seville Party Bus. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. Yes. I've known you, what, 10 years now? And I just found out you had 20 other jobs I didn't yep. know you had. And I haven't even gone through them all yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So who knows what's coming. Well, dude, hang out real quick. We're going to make an announcement, and then we're going to get out of here. You are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Tonight on Jewel TV, they're airing episode 10 from season 2 called We Have Shows Again. Due to the <laughs> pandemic, we were sitting here twiddling our thumbs, walking yeah. our little hiking trails playing with our little axe-throwing wall, bored out of our mind, but it felt so good to be working again. Um, Jewel TV is on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, the Jewel TV app, and tons of other places. It's in over 100 million households. All you have to do is look for it. See, See you, you next week. week. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Express Copy and Graphics.
Mention promo code Wes Isley to get 10% off. Their website is expresscopy.com. That's X-P-R-E-S-S-C-O-P-Y.com. They do it all. Copies, banners, signs, vehicle wraps, promo items, practically anything you need printed, they can do it for you. These guys are great. Check them out. Check us out online at wesisley.com and patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore Isley for behind-the-scenes videos, blooper videos, never-before-seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.